Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 72 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to do a recap of the Berlin Marathon 2021. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners and welcome to episode 72 we are ryan and letty and we bring you weekly episodes all related to running so anything from marathon recaps such as today to other important subjects such as training, fueling, etc. And hello, Ryan. Hi, Letty. Welcome Hi. back. Thank you. Thank you. How's it going? Pretty good. How about you? You know, fighting the jet lag. The first day you said there was no jet lag, and then now, then by the afternoon or so, you you started feeling it, huh? It's not really the jet lag. It's more like a confusion of what. Um, I guess what time it is. I guess that is jet lag. I'm not tired, <laughs> but I you just... You were yesterday. I'm, well, I mean, I get tired at certain times of the day. Yeah, like in the afternoons when you normally <laughs> would be sleeping because of Germany time versus US time. Technically, I think you're jet lagged. Okay, maybe a little bit, but I think the other part of this is I'm not wearing an Apple watch anymore. Junk, 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 junk. So I don't know what date it is and I don't know what time it is. So... Why aren't you wearing a watch? I'm not wearing a watch because I have finally succumbed to the pressure of getting a Garmin watch because the Apple Watch is no longer doing its job. Not really. It's because your Apple Watch battery died and you're going to try something different because someone convinced you to try something different. Well, I can tell you about all the perks of Garmin's now and the final push to go over into the Garmin world was that my running watch crapped out the day before the marathon. But I guess we can talk about that as we do our race recap, which we're doing today. Okay. You're going to talk about during the race recap? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. But let me play some <laughs> cool intro music right here. Insert intro music here. So the quest was to do the Berlin Marathon and become a Berlin legend because after you finish the Berlin Marathon, you're automatically a Berlin legend. There's a lot of legends. About 23,000, I think. Each year. It's more than that every year. <laughs> Less because of COVID. Oh, so there are lots of legends. So last time, what was the time prediction you had? I predicted to run a sub-320 marathon. Just sub 320. And what'd you uh, No, I think run? I said 319.59. The, oh, I think you did specific. And what'd yeah. you run? I ran a 318.19. 
Without even knowing because you didn't have your watch. Well, I did have the watch displaying the time, but oh, yeah. Oh, that's true, I mm-hmm. guess. You had kilometers, so you knew you see the end. Yes, but I didn't remember. So did you was. purposely try to get to that time? I honestly felt good enough and felt like I owed it to myself with all the training miles I put in to try to chase the 315 guys. So second time in a row, I was not able to keep up with the 315 marathon pacer. Ah, but you were close. Now it's chronic grind. Now it's all in my head. I think I need um, a couple more episodes with people that work with mental training. (laughs) So tell me about your trip there. All right. So my trip there started on Thursday and got there Friday. Um, Checked into my hotel and then everything was kind of a little bit rushed because I had to go to the expo and pick up my bib. And then also, since I was leaving to come back home on Monday, I wanted to take the PCR test. So was that enough time to acclimate before running? Well, I mean, as a mother of two... (laughs) Sleep deprivation is no stranger in our household, so that didn't really bother me so much. Um, I think more so was the fact that I had to travel and rush around. It felt like I was rushing a lot. Were you excited to be back in Germany? So for people that don't know, you were born and raised in Germany until you were 16, I guess, right? Yes, yes. No, I was absolutely excited. First thing I did was buy some cheese pretzels when I got out of the airport. And then I met with um, one of my closest friends from childhood who now lives in Berlin. And we hung out for, you know, just a little bit because we were pressed for time. So, okay. So you got there, you became reacquainted with your country of origin, visited some friends. And did you go to the expo then next? Yeah, I went to the expo the same day on Friday just to make sure that everything works out and you know, have peace of mind with that. How long did the, was the expo open? So the expo was open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Okay. Was so, it the same as like the States ep- expos? It was kind of the same. Um, same thing. You know, you go in there and of course it's a little bit different with coronavirus. You had the areas where you had to enter if you had the immunization, the shot, or you had the other areas if you didn't have it. And also a lot of us traveling from the U.S. are required to take a PCR test upon return into the United States. So a lot of people had the vaccine, but also went to the expo to get the PCR test. And so then you did the expo pretty early. So then what did you do with your time? Like, what did you have all Saturday to just hang out? Well, so, okay, so I went to the expo and then I got home. Friday night, and I tried to plug in my Apple Watch, which has been my companion for the last three years. No, you just want to tell people about your Apple Watch. I do. And suddenly it didn't work anymore. So I thought, oh, maybe the battery had just run out, but it wasn't that. So I plugged it in, the Apple Watch would flicker. So I would see the Apple logo flickering on and off, and then it just wouldn't charge. So I was a little bit nervous because I relied for pacing on my Apple Watch so much, but I went to sleep because I was tired. And when I woke up in the morning, the watch was running fine again. So Saturday, I had planned on going to the expo again because I didn't have my passport to take my PCR test. And I went and met some friends for the shakeout run. And guess what happened during the shakeout run? What happened? My Apple Watch quit on me mid-run. And I knew it was charged. It was charged at like 92%. So in the middle of a shakeout run at mile one, it stopped working. So at what point did you call me freaking out? 
That was Friday night. <laughs> that was the night before I've been first discovering that the Apple Watch wasn't working. Gotcha. And so what'd you do? So then I went to the Apple store, which of course, using public transportation took forever. And they wouldn't touch my Apple Watch because they said, you know, it's it's old. And they offered to send it in so I could get it back by Thursday, which didn't work. So then I just kind of made peace with the fact that I was going to just run trying to chase the 315 pacers and maybe every once in a while look at my phone for pacing, which is a huge deal, Ryan, because you don't know, but when I train, I check my Apple Watch about every 20 seconds. That's a lot. It is a lot. But, I, know, I remember I said that you'd probably run faster because you wouldn't be checking your watch the whole time. Yeah. And you know what? I realized that you were right because we had this conversation before the race talking about why do you even run? And I said, I run because I want to have fun. And then you reminded me, look, you're injured anyway. Just run, have fun and take your photos. And some other people pointed that out to me too. So I just, um, guess what? I listened to you. <laughs> and you had fun. I did. So where are we at? So you got... So I wasted time at the Apple store. And you freaked out about your Apple Watch. Then I made peace with the fact that I didn't have one. And... And then some nice person from Germany from a Facebook group reached out and said, hey, why don't you use my Garmin? <laughs> she had an extra Garmin. With metric. Which I didn't realize until I was actually running the race. So <laughs> when I started the race, I started looking at this watch and it told me that I was running a four something kilometer pace. I had no idea what that meant. So I just didn't even look at it anymore. You didn't like go back to your roots of Germany and... Remember what kilometers were? I do remember what kilometers are, but I'm used to knowing my pace in miles. So it said nothing to me. Okay, so tell us about race morning. So race morning, the race didn't start till 9.35 for me, which was kind of cool because I didn't set an alarm clock. I woke up at 7 o'clock and I made some coffee in the hotel room and I had some muesli, which is, you know, kind of granola, German typical granola. And then I went down to the lobby and then I followed some guys to the tram and uh, underground because I guess I didn't look up where I needed to go. So I decided <laughs> I'll just follow some other runners and, and do the lazy way. Unfortunately, people that were in your hotel were running, I assume. Yeah, there, there were runners everywhere. So I knew I didn't have to do the head work. I just rested my brain. <laughs> All right. So tell us about the start. So the start was absolutely beautiful. So this race starts in a park. It's the Tiergarten. Um, it's in the middle of the park. So you walk in, you go through security, and then there's just porta potties everywhere and different corrals. And you kind of walk through the woods to get to your corral. And um, yeah, so you go to line up in your corral and they started super punctual at exactly 9.35, which is exactly what I was used to, you know, being German and all. They didn't disappoint. It was beautiful. They, on a big screen, let us see the start of the wheelchair races. And then we saw the elite starting. And then as we walked our way towards the beginning, towards the start of the race, they were playing music and we were waving. And um, I was really happy that I brought my camera, the little Insta360 go-to that I attached to my hat. So I was able to really enjoy this and even take some video footage of it. Do you have a link for that for people? Or do you put it up, post it on something? I posted it on our Facebook group, which is the Running With Friends community. So if you want to see the video, it's um, only a minute and a half, but it's absolutely beautiful. It's 
of my perspective, but you don't see me in it. You just see other people running because it was attached to my visor. So walk us through the race. The race was great, Ryan. It was so much fun. I'm really glad that I listened to you. And this is on the record um, about not, you know, pushing myself too hard because, as you know, I was injured with my foot and then I was also lacking this whole thing with the watch. So I just let go of all of that and try to have fun. And of course, to stay on pace, I tried to chase the 315 pacers, which I was able to do until about half point. And then I still saw them slowly fade away. But I know I knew they were always kind of close. Did you like the course? Did you like what you ran through? Yes, yes. And that's another reason I'm grateful that I paid attention because I, unlike Chicago last time, I really looked around and we saw all the old buildings and so much nature and the spectators were amazing. There was tons of people out there cheering, screaming. I don't think there was a point ever where it was quiet. How was the weather? I liked it. It was, I guess, the highs of 76 I read somewhere. And it was it was warm, but it wasn't nothing we're not used to coming from Florida. We train in low 80s with really high humidity. So that kind of worked to my advantage, whereas little tiny inclines were monstrous hills for me. <laughs> so do you have a remembrance of like certain area that was really um, that stood out, I guess? So like sometimes, you know, when you're running a marathon, you're obviously running through streets that normally are covered with cars and not the normal running spots. And sometimes as you run through something, it's just really pretty or really uh, memorable. So where is the point of that? Yeah, I like the beginning where it was by the Siegessäule, which is you have nature around yourself. And then just going through the city, you saw a lot of history. Um, I had looked up a map beforehand where the Berlin Wall used to be that surrounded Berlin, as you know. And um, so that was kind of cool to see. And then just really old buildings, Checkpoint Charlie. And then, of course, the Brandenburger Tor at the end, which is, you know, a sign of freedom for, for it. So that was beautiful because we got to run through that. And then right there behind it was the finish line. So tell us about the finish then. You missed your personal best by a few seconds. Did you look at the clock as you were running in or did you even remember what your personal best time was? I didn't remember, as you know, I don't remember stuff. I didn't remember to the seconds. I knew I, my personal best was a 318, but I didn't know what the seconds were. Did and you look, did you see 318 when you were running? Because I saw it on the video. I saw a 338, and that was because I oh, started, started later. Yeah. And that was the gun time. So, you know, the time that it took for us to start the... But I saw on my watch, because my watch did have the timer that I could rely on, that I was running really close to it. So... For the last couple of kilometers, I started speeding up. But again, you know, they don't show you mile markers. So you don't really know where in the race you are unless you're really used to the kilometers. So that's kind of funny. So at the finish line, is it like the same as the U.S. marathons? Like there's a bunch of snacks and other stuff. Was it pretty much set up the same? It was set up the same, just drawn out a lot bigger because it was so many people. You know, the finish line was there and then you didn't get your food immediately. There was a long area of getting bags and water and then you had to walk some more to pick up the ponchos because you could either have a bag or a poncho and then you had to walk some more and turn some corners and then there was beer and... Wait, what do you mean bag or poncho? So yeah, when you signed up, you could either get a free bag so you could check a bag or you could get a free poncho after the race. What do you mean? You So you either get the option to check your bag? Yes, that was weird. Or you get a poncho? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you don't get the poncho? Or you don't get the bag. But okay. you can either sign up for that or the poncho. 
So you either get a service or an item. Pretty much. Okay. It sounds confusing. That's what I was asking. It was really confusing. And then I didn't even get my poncho. And you didn't check your bag. And I didn't check your bag. <laughs> Why didn't you get your poncho? I didn't know where it was. I got lost. It was a big finish line area. I guess that goes along with, yeah, what you said, <laughs> being big. Yes, it was pretty, pretty large. So how did your injury feel, your foot, during the race? So I took two aspirins before starting the race, donated by a German volunteer because I had forgotten to take my Tylenol. So he said it was an aspirin, so I felt great. Um, <laughs> Maybe it was something else. You would never know. So I didn't feel my injury very much at all. I mean, for the beginning. And then, of course, as the race went on, it started nagging and nagging. But then I told myself, okay, just, you know, even if you can't walk afterwards, just get it done with. Um, and so I just kind of went with that and pushed through it. And the race itself, I was well trained. I'd done eight weeks of 80-ish miles, which was a lot for me. So in my head, the mental game was much stronger than normally because I could tell myself, look, you've done 10 milers here and there, sometimes twice a day, you can do another 10 miles. Um, the kilometers was confusing, as I mentioned, uh, because, you know, there's a lot of them and it kind of gets tiring looking at the kilometer markers. So would you uh, recommend somebody train in kilometers prior to one of those races? No, but I would recommend to have a good running watch that's accurate. Okay. Because that could be a nice substitute to have on your wrist to tell you how many miles you ran. So along those lines, is there a lot of buildings that block your GPS? Because in Chicago, you couldn't really reliably use a running watch. Yeah, so there was some, it seemed like. Um, I was running with this guy from the U.S. His name is Colin for the first um, 14 miles, I want to say. And we would compare stuff on our watches, and it was very different. So back to... After the race, you guys met up somewhere? Yeah, so after the race, it was a maze to get out of the park to go find our hotels, which took about an hour. I took a shower and I decided I can't lay down. If I lay down, I'm going to go to sleep. And so I showered and got back up and decided to head over to meet some friends and then go to the beer garden. How was that? It was good to have conversations and meet some cool runners from uh, other places, you know, Germany and the UK and Canada and just all over the place. It was really cool. And then how was your flight back? My flight back was awesome. I was in a plane that was not sold out. And so I had four seats to myself and I slept for four hours. <laughs> Laying across all four seats? Yes, of course. There was four, like you were in the middle? I was in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice. And so any big take-homes, are you going to, I think we already said it maybe, but are you going to go do it again next year if you can? You said if you can get in. I would love to do this race again. On your, so. This was my favorite race, I think. That's what I was going to say. So if you if you were to rank your top races, can you even say the top three off the top of your head? How would you rank them? Top marathons. This one, I think, is actually my number one. I absolutely loved everything about it. The weather, the people, the scenery, the support, not the swag, but everything else makes up for it. It was just gorgeous. And I wish you guys could have come with me. Number two? Number two was the old Malibu Marathon, which doesn't exist anymore. They don't have a Malibu Marathon anymore. That was um, in California, rolling hills. You could see whales and dolphins and just beautiful. So not fast but fun right number three 
the LA Marathon because I love LA. And it but goes, you said there are two of them weren't there anymore. The Is LA it? Marathon still exists, but they changed their course. So the big selling point, I think, used to be Stadium to Sea starts at Do- Dodger Stadium and goes to the ocean in Santa Monica. And I guess they had some issues with permitting from the city of Santa Monica. So now it ends in a different part of the city, which kind of kills it for me because I just love running to the ocean. We love Santa Monica. All right. So are you going to have recaps from other people? Yes. So we are going to have a few more other runners tell us about their experience. So without any further ado, we will now play those in a row. So this is Maria Bendick. It's actually my second Berlin Marathon. The first one I did was in 2017. I've also done the world majors, all six of them, and I'm a six-star finisher, having received my six-star in Tokyo. In terms of the Berlin Marathon, you have to keep in mind that we are still in pandemic mode. So the expo was smaller than what I remembered previously in 2017, but I felt there was still a good array of stuff at the expo, especially the Adidas clothes and sportswear. Now, in terms of the race, I thought it was very well organized. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I actually think I enjoyed it more than 2017. Even though I wasn't really well trained for this race, I felt the energy of the crowd literally carrying you through this race. And it was very touching and amazing to see so many spectators come out and be supportive and clap and the little kids running around in the street excited to see the runners and handing out the water. It was just such a beautiful day full of love and support and community that you truly forgot everything that has happened in the last 18 months with this pandemic where there's a lot of controversy and divisiveness. Um, I felt that during the marathon, there was plenty of water. I did enjoy the hot tea, even though it was a hot day. I felt when I started to cramp, I liked drinking the tea with the sugar. It actually helped me. I liked that there was plenty of bananas and fruit on the course. I'm not a person that really likes to take the gels. I'm one that usually likes to eat fruit or nutrition bars. So for me, it was excellent. And the finish was great. Again, there was a lot of crowd support. And, you know, I liked that they had their mascot at the end handing out medals. And then you could get a beer, you could get a massage after the race. It was just a really, really great race I would highly recommend. The only thing is, if you're a slow runner such as myself, you really have to hustle because they're pretty strict on closing the Brandenburg Gate because you run through the Brandenburg and you still have a little bit left to go before you hit the finish line. But if you don't get to the Brandenburg Gate before the time limit is up, which officially it's 6 hours and 15 minutes, they do close that gate and you won't get an official time. But again... I think it was a wonderful race. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think Berlin has a lot to offer in terms of history and culture, especially cuisine. And I would, again, highly, highly recommend doing this race. And I hope to come back for the 50th anniversary of the Berlin Marathon. 
My name is Colin Cassette. I currently live in the Lancaster, Pennsylvania area here in the United States. I had the goal uh, coming into Berlin um, with the hopes of, of hitting the, the three hours and, and 20 minute mark, of which I unfortunately fell short. I was uh, right around the 326, a uh, little, little over 326. So shooting for Boston, hoping to qualify at age 50. I'm not quite sure. I think I'm a little bit short for that, but but still proud of, of the effort and, and certainly the experience to, to run in, in Berlin. And for me, you know, the, the whole Berlin experience was a phenomenal one. I mean, it, just to be able to travel uh, during this COVID environment internationally was, was a treat. Quite frankly, it was something that I wasn't, wasn't 100% confident was, was going to be able to take place. So to be able to, to hop on a plane and, and fly over to Europe and, and, and see the sights in, in Germany and Berlin was was really, really cool. Even better, at least for me, was the opportunity to meet with, with runners from all over the world. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet Letty, and, um, but a lot of her friends and, and people from, from Scotland and, and Ireland, um, all over the United States, uh, met a man from... Uh, Russia and multiple people from from Spain and Italy. Just it was so cool, and and everybody had a their own story, and but they were all smiling from ear to ear, and and it was just a, a really really cool opportunity to meet people from from all over. The expo was was phenomenal, very well organized, well run. It just uh, it went went much smoother than than I expected. And then finally, the race itself, you know, aside from the fact that it was a little bit hotter than certainly I think uh, 25,000 of us would have preferred, it, it was so cool. Running along the streets of Berlin and all the amazing fans and, and, and fellow runners, running through the Brandenburg Gate was one of the more special experiences that I've ever had. And, and, uh, and being able to cross that finish line with, uh, as I said, 25,000 friends was was really, really cool. I, I went by myself, not really knowing anybody. Uh, it, it made it kind of extra special for me, although it would have been great to have my family along. It was, it was really neat to be able to do it kind of on a, on a solo basis. And, and um, would I do it again? Absolutely. I loved my time in, in Germany. I love the people. I love the place. I love the race, and um, I wouldn't hesitate and, and would encourage anybody, regardless of the, the cost, the experience is memorable, one that you'll never forget, and I would, would strongly encourage it. Thanks. Howdy, y'all. I'm John Sparks from Dallas, Texas, USA, and I'm following my report from the brand-new Berlin-Brandenburg International Airport. Berlin was my second marathon. I did New York in 2019, and I did New York in about four hours and 26 minutes. My goal going into Berlin was best training and best nutrition and a uh, sub-four, uh, sub-four-hour race. Uh, I almost got it, but not quite, finishing at about uh, four hours and five minutes. Uh, one of the things that I caution runners on this particular marathon course is to watch your pace. It's uh, very easy to get thrown off because the course is so flat. And so for myself, my training runs were not this flat. So when I'm used to doing typically an eight minute, eight minute, 30 second mile, um, here I was doing much faster, about 30 seconds faster per mile. And so towards the end, when I hit the wall, it caused issues for me. 
Uh, while there was great crowd support for this race, one of the issues I would say that I had is that I didn't know the course well enough to set up mental landmarks that would get me through to the finish. So at some parts, I felt like I was pretty much like running aimlessly, wondering when this will all end or when will I get to the Mall of Berlin? And then how far from the Mall of Berlin is the finish line? The best part of this race had to be the people who ran it and the friendships that were formed, especially this year coming out of the pandemic and everyone participating in this marathon, wanting so bad to do this. Unlike New York, where I'd say I just focused on making friends with other American runners, Berlin was an opportunity for me to step out of the box and meet and make friends with runners from all over the world. So today I'm leaving here with new friends from Germany, London, Ecuador, and other places. From being um, on a lot of Berlin Marathon Facebook groups, I know many Americans deferred this year because they said they thought that there were too many restrictions and they wanted conditions to be close to 2019 again if they were going to do the race. If you're one of those people, I feel really bad and sorry for you because you really missed out on a great race. And I don't think we'll ever be at a time like 2019 again. Uh, and I, I just think deferring because of something like this is going to mean that it's only going to take you longer to reach your goals. So I'm so glad I didn't defer, and now I'm a Berlin legend. So I would encourage you that if your goal is truly to run Berlin and you are serious about this marathon, then go and run this race. I look forward to seeing you at the finish line just past the Brandenburg Gate. Best of luck, John Sparks. Hi, everyone. Letty, thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to give your listeners a recap of my incredible 2021 Berlin Marathon experience. My name is Jason Willis, and I am from Cincinnati, Ohio. I have a nine-year-old son and a six-year-old daughter and a wonderful wife of a little more than 10 years, and uh, we all went on this journey together to Berlin. I've run 22 marathons, which include Boston, New York, Chicago, and now Berlin, I'm crossing my fingers I can get into London next fall and then eventually run Tokyo to get the six stars before they add the seventh. Uh, we decided to bring our kids on this trip with us because we thought it would be uh, a once-in-a-lifetime experience for them and for all of us, and, and we were right. Of course, I was pretty nervous, uh, logistically speaking. Um, I'm pretty superstitious on my rituals and things that I do the week leading up to a marathon, so this caused uh, a few challenges, of course. We stayed in the Berlin Marriott near Potsdamer Platz, and we got two rooms, which was huge, so I could have my own room the night before the race. And on Saturday, my wife and kids actually let me relax by myself, and they went to the spy museum in the little big city and, and got to do some, some touring. But I was able to, to lay in bed and relax and, and try to hydrate. I actually went to the expo on Thursday afternoon, right when it opened, and uh, once I got through all the vaccine verification, it was like a huge weight had been lifted off my shoulders. I'd it was such wasted energy worrying about this for the past week. It all went very smooth. Uh, the expo was, was large, but uh, it wasn't much different than the most of the expos I've been a part of. Uh, the best part was it wasn't that crowded, and I was able to navigate the hall fairly easy and actually spent a lot of euros on merch, which was a lot of fun. Okay, so about the race. My goal for the race was to run a sub three. So I knew uh, in April I'd ran a sub three, and I knew with the uh, reputation of Berlin being a fast course, 
I should be able to do it. And I thought with my training, it would be fine. Uh, the only thing I was worried about was, of course, the high humidity, which it ended up being high humidity, just like the forecast. So the start of the Berlin Marathon is probably the most exciting start of a race I've ever been a part of. I was really nervous on the starting block, but I had to remind myself, just take a deep breath, take it all in and really enjoy it. Uh, the runners around me were fantastic, very friendly, uh, very welcoming. It was such a great, great experience at the start. So my plan was to run around a seven minute pace for the first 10K and then drop it to 650 until about the halfway point. And then at the halfway point, I would drop the hammer and hold on as long as I could. Um, the crowd support was wonderful. Um, at about mile 22, I started to get a cramp, which I normally don't cramp up, but because of the heat and humidity, um, I guess that's what caused it. Now, my old inexperienced Jason probably would have started walking at that point, but I basically told myself, shorten your stride, slow down your pace, just get some water, and grind out the last three or, three or so miles. And that's exactly what I did. So I got to the Brandenburg Gates. I saw my family, which brought a tear to my eye. And ultimately, I finished 258.33, a PR by 20 seconds, which I was, I was really proud of just based on all the logistics involved, all the hoops I had to jump through, the plane rides, the introduction of new types of foods, all of that, my family being there. Um, it was just one, one of the most wonderful experiences in the world. Uh, we went to Prague afterwards and spent a couple days. I drank a lot of beer. I typically don't drink much during training, so those beers were, were wonderful. So it was a great experience. I would definitely love to run Berlin again. Right now, there's so many other races and adventures on my list. So we'll see how that goes. But thank you for letting me share my experience. I hope you enjoyed my recap. Hello, everyone. My name is Himanshu Patel. I'm from UK. My friend calls me Ames, so you all can call me Ames. I have done so far three marathons. Berlin uh, was my first world's major marathon. My aim was to run and make a most most memorable uh, day during the run, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Through all, and it was the best marathon so far I ever run. And I had a PB, which was which was amazing. My travel to Germany was really nervous and excited at the most time in the time of the pandemic. Went to the expo, which had a long queue, but you know what? I just enjoyed it. Once you're inside, it's amazing experience. Since from the entrance to the when you collect your beef, you take take a pictures, you run around the shops, and you drink beers and enjoy the food within the expo. Um, next day, went to the, see the start line, which was Saturday, and. Um, See the Brandenburg Gate, uh, went to the Hall of Fame, took pictures of identify my name, which was the new thing for me, that they put the name of, of all the runners in the Hall of Fame. And on the big day, it was all amazing experience, as shivering uh, goosebumps all over your body. And you can imagine when you're standing at the start line, People are cheering you from the beginning till you cross the finish line. And then the big chunky medals all over your neck. So what can you say about, and there isn't anything you can complain about them. 
running a marathon. You start, you enjoy, and you finish, and look forward for that lovely medal at the end of it. Um, if you ask me if I, I would do again, answer would be absolutely yes. I would love to do it again and again and again. So thank you very much, guys, for listening to me. My name is Lisa Hecker. I'm originally from Southern California, but I've lived in Central Germany for about 12 years now. My goal was to try and run it in just under five hours. However, my last weekend run before the marathon left me with extreme heel pain. Unable to walk on it for two days, I had to see a doctor. I had to take the week off of work just in hopes that the pain would subside by Sunday. But after all the work I'd put into my training, all the visualizing I'd been doing, all the sacrifices my family made so I could train, I just had to start. You'd think my trip to Berlin would be pretty easy since I live just five hours away, but it was anything but. We had car troubles from the beginning, and we were lucky we made it in time for the expo. I also realized that I forgot to bring my pre-race donut, which was honestly my favorite part of training and what I was looking forward to the most about race day. After I left the expo, I got lost on the subway and found out that our hotel had been closed down and our reservations were never canceled. I found my way back to the expo and my husband came to pick me up so we could eat something and find a new hotel. It was not the pre-race dinner I had planned, but I was too hungry and tired to care. On the way to our new hotel, we dropped off a watch I'd promised to lend out, which was really nice because that was my first interaction with a fellow Berlin marathon runner. And at least in that moment, I wasn't feeling so down. My race experience. Well, miraculously, when I woke up, my foot felt better than it had all week. I was stressed and late getting to the start, but I also ran into two really lovely ladies who were also stressed and late getting to the start. So we all stuck with each other into the starting line. We had so much adrenaline and excitement going, but I guess this is a feeling that anyone who's ever started a marathon before knows. My husband cheered me on at kilometer two, which was a really nice feeling because I've never experienced a friend or family member cheering me on before. The first seven miles went pretty well. By mile eight, my heel pain had returned in full force. So my pace began to suffer. I got slower and slower, and by the time I hit mile 20, I had a stomach cramp, which I decided to walk through. Throughout the race, although I was in pain, I made sure to smile, wave, and thank any supporters along the course who called my name or cheered me on. They really gave me life. By mile 21, I was feeling better. For the first time in the race, I knew that I was going to finish. With just three kilometers left in the race, I felt my toe pop, tingle, and go numb. It was at least one toenail being yanked from the nail bed but there was absolutely nothing that could stop me now. Fueled by the cheers and the smiles of the crowd, I crossed the finish line feeling happy but strange. On my way to Berlin and at the expo, I wore a black shirt with these words written on it. Sorry, I had to pause because I'm getting emotional. It's all worth it. And it certainly was. Would I do this race again? Absolutely. But there are so many other races I would like to do, so it will probably be a few years until I apply for a spot again. (music) 
All right, thank you everybody for participating. It was nice to hear about your race experience, which made me reminisce this marathon even more and hope to sign up for it again very soon, as soon as they open or the lottery opens. So, Letty, you said in the past you've signed up for both Chicago and Boston, but they're really close together. So have you decided which one you're going to run? Yes, and I have decided that Boston is the winner. So in less than two weeks, if I find a good flight ticket <laughs> and hotel, I will be heading out to Boston to do my first Boston Marathon. Nice. And thank you, Ryan, for holding up the fort while I was gone. I really appreciated it. I came home to a very clean house, cleaner than I keep it myself, which puts me to shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, clean children, although my daughter's hair was not brushed. Yes, her hair was uh, not brushed very much. She's a Rastafarian now. No, not quite. Getting close. That's exaggerated. <laughs> but yeah, in all honesty, thank you so much. Um, there's nothing better for runners than having support of family members and friends, and you give that to me. So I'm super grateful. Yeah, you're welcome. Glad you're having fun. Yeah. So to everybody that ran London this past weekend, I hope you did well. And to everyone else that's running Boston with me and Chicago the day before, good luck. We can do it. And until next time. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.